the Lord. Praise the Lord. It's okay. Praise the Lord. Let's pray. Father, we thank you. We honor your name. As we stand before you, we welcome you, Holy Spirit, into our lives, into our midst. Speak to us, O God, according to what our expectations are. Father, many have come here with different expectations. I pray, Jehovah God, that nobody shall return home feeling low, feeling like his needs have not been met. I know no one that came into your presence, Lord Jesus, that walked back home disappointed. Everybody was blessed in your presence. We welcome you once again. Thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. May we sit. Yeah, praise the Lord. This morning, this afternoon, yeah, this afternoon, I would like us to share on the subject of uh, waiting upon God. Waiting upon God. I know somebody saying somewhere, yeah, that is where I am. In every office, you've got a lobby. Sometimes the secretary ushers you into the lobby to wait for as you wait for, to meet whoever you have come to meet. And sometimes there are newspapers there, very old ones in most cases. <laughs> sometimes you occupy yourselves just to gather yourself and to relax. And sometimes the wait can be long depending on whom you have come to see. If it's a politician, it may be the whole day because they must always appear to be very busy. If it is in a professional office, they will always look at the time and they will always meet you. Praise the Lord. But in all those circumstances, we are kept waiting until the appointed time that we are supposed to meet. Unless there is something that has happened that causes us to wait further. So this afternoon, I would like us to look at this situation of waiting upon God because there are people in our midst, there are many people, and each one of us has been in that situation where sometimes you are trusting God for something in your life, and many times it appears like it is ages. It seems to be taking too long for it to come to pass. But the problem here is because of us human beings. Because time is a very precious thing to a human being. But to God, it is not precious. I will explain myself. Praise the Lord. He created time. So sometimes what looks like is the ages to you, to him, you have not even started. Praise the Lord. When it appears that you have taken three weeks praying over something, to God you have not started. Why? Because he has got a plan that follows a schedule 
and you cannot deviate from that schedule because it was foreordained before you are born. Praise the Lord. So we'll be sharing upon this. Just before we go on, I just wanted to confirm that God has got a grand plan for us, and then we'll pursue. In Genesis chapter 1, I was going through this chapter again, and uh, I was wondering, suppose God did not have a plan, then it is possible the first act was to create man because that was his crown. But where would the man be standing? Because in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. In verse 2 it says, And the earth was without form, and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. So if man had been created, he would be lost in the darkness. Two, he will not have something to eat. Because vegetation came later. True or false? Fish came later. True or false? The animals of the land came later. So God is an organized person. Everything he puts in place, already it is going to work into the future program. Praise the Lord. So I want you to see, as we share today, that there is a grand plan, not just for humanity, but for you as an individual, because you are precious in his sight. And so he has got a plan tailored for everybody. And that plan, we are supposed to discover what it is. Once we fit into it, it becomes life in abundance. Once we veer off that plan, then we begin to act mechanically in some situations, and it is so agonizing. Praise the Lord. So quickly, you see that uh, the first day God says, let there be light, and there was light. The light is supposed to give us vision of everything, to enable us to get bearing, understanding of things. Second day, let there be firmament in the midst of the waters, and let it divide the waters from the waters. And God made the firmament and divided the waters which were under the firmament from the waters which were above the firmament. The third day, God said, let the waters under the heaven be gathered together unto one place and let the dry land appear, and it was so. So you can see God is systematically preparing the environment so that when the man, the crown of his creation comes, he has a place to set foot. He has a place uh, to live. And thereafter, he will have resources and food and supplies that he needs. 
the fourth day, let there be light in the firmament of the heavens to divide the day from the night. And let them be for signs and for seasons and for days and years. So, he understands you are here on earth for a short space of time. And that is why he's creating for you seasons. So that you can fit in his seasons. Because there will be a time, seasons will fade away, days will go, and you will live eternally in his presence. Where the issue of Rolex will not work. Praise the Lord. You will not need Rolex. You will not need the sun and the moon to tell you it is daytime, it is nighttime. How beautiful it will be when the constraints we have now are removed so that we are in the presence of the mighty God. So I can go on on the fifth day and so forth and we see what God has done. And I was just trying to bring out a clear point that God has a plan and he systematically goes by his plan. He does not veer from his plan to fit into our plans. Now, I don't know how long those days were. When I was a kid, I thought you just wake up, God... But you see, there were no seasons when he was doing that. So I don't know how long the day was, whether there were years when those things were being done. But I will know one day. Those are the stories that have been reserved for the other life. Praise the Lord. God has triggered an interest so that some of these things that we don't understand in this Bible now, when you will meet him on the other side, he comes to visit your villa. And you say, Lord, when I was there, I read something in the book that you left us. What did you mean? And he will reveal to you. Praise the Lord. However, we come back today, I want to share on three personalities in the Bible, and on the basis of these people, we would like to see what happened in their lives from the time God assured them of something in their lives and the time it came to pass, because that is the critical moment in a Christian's life. That is what can make or break your Christianity. That is what can make your Christianity vibrant or boring. That is what can make your Christianity make meaning to somebody else you are witnessing to. Because if the words that God has spoken into your life cannot come to pass, it becomes a story that you are telling people. But when it comes to be fulfilled in your life, people can look and say, yes, the God that Kenneth serves is a true and living God. Praise the Lord. And so it's important that when God speaks to us in concerning our specific situations or concerning the situations facing the congregation as the church here, that those things that God has promised are going to pass, we must also ask God, what is my responsibility between this time you have assured me and the time you are fulfilling your purpose in my life? Because if you don't have, you don't, you don't understand your responsibility, then it is possible the delay can be longer. 
because he's a systematic God. Unless step one is done, you can mark time on that step one for quite some time. It doesn't bother him because step one is a build up for step two. Praise the Lord. When I started school, most of the time they would make your hand, if it was not touching the ear, then you are not fit to be in the school. But there were also people there who were like uh, close to marriage we were starting with school at that time. So they were mature. But at no time did the school say, okay, this man is growing very old, let him go to grade seven or something. No. You had to go through grade one, grade two, grade three, that way. If you prove you are able, you move to the next grade. Praise the Lord. That is why I encourage Christians, don't ever underrate yourself. The fact that you got saved last week does not mean that you must walk the same journey Kenneth walked to reach where he is. You can pass him and go further than him. Praise the Lord. It depends on your ability and your determination, your obedience, and your commitment to the word of God. The more you allow him to speak to you, to minister to you, the more he makes you rise and rise and rise. And Kenneth cannot pull you down. The fact that Kenneth is mactiming, he cannot come and say, now, Lord, this one cannot go ahead of me. Our parents used to do that. If they see the younger child moving fast, they say, you repeat, let the other one go fast. But God just cheers you up and says, welcome, my son. This is the kind of activity I want to see among my children. Praise the Lord. Uh, Genesis chapter 12. These are, uh, these are stories that we know, all of us are conversant with. So we may not dwell so much on them, but I would like to use them as a foundation. Chapter 12. Now the Lord had said to Abram, Get thee out of the, thy country and from thy kindred and from the father's house and unto a land that I will shew thee. And I will make thee a great nation. I want you to underline that. Verse 2. God is telling Abraham, I'll make you into a great. So it will be one great. It will be one great. That's what he has promised in verse chapter 12. He will make Abraham into one great nation. And I will bless thee and make thy name great, and thou shalt be a blessing. Thou shalt be a blessing. So now, Abraham has been promised to be a great nation. He has got a choice. He can sit back and wait until that day God makes him into a great nation. Or he can continue pursuing God and seek to understand God. How are we walking from this point onwards until that comes into passing? Verse 4, so Abraham departed as the Lord had spoken unto him, and Lord went with him. And Abraham was 75 years old when he departed out of Haran. So Abraham begins to walk with God. He understands one thing. The promise has been made. I don't have it now. It is coming in the time in the future. 
But in the interim, I must stay close to whoever promised in order to understand how to reach to realize this promise in my life. Along the way, there were many battles that Abraham had to fight before he began to realize the promise of God over his life. There were internal battles, there were external battles. One of the tough battles that Abraham faced, one of the toughest battles that Abraham faced was the one from within his own house. Married men, can you say hallelujah? Married ladies, can you say hallelujah? hallelujah? Yes, because now this is where it comes. Chapter 16, verse 3, And Sarai, Sarai Abraham's wife, took Hagar, her maid, the Egyptian, after Abraham had dwelt ten years in the land of Canaan and gave her to her husband Abraham to be his wife. Abraham did not have a child, and God has promised that he's going to give him a child. And so he has shared with the beautiful Sarai, and because they are supposed to be one, they continue fellowshipping together. But Sarai has got a thought. Maybe God wanted us to think about this and find a way of realizing this nation. So he brings Hagar and tells Abraham, I think maybe we can grow the nation from this lady. It's very difficult sometimes to understand. But that was after 10 years. She did not do it the next day after the promise. She did it after 10? After how many? Okay. But for us, we wait for three days and we tell God, I think maybe you thought it should be like this. Our span of patience is too short as Christians. We like blaming Sarai, but at least she tried. Ten years. How long have you waited on God for something? You. Don't tell me. I know you'll be embarrassed. Many times, we pray. The first week, we are hard on it. After a few days, we said, I think God is telling me to try another path. And that's where we go wrong. We walk outside the plan of God. But his schedule remains on course. If you don't come back to fit in his schedule, you miss his goal. Praise the Lord. The troubles that that action, that single action of impatience on Sarah, Sister Sarah, the action that she took and the consequences that followed are still reverberating in the world to, up till now. They are still affecting the world up till this moment, from that time. Because an offspring that was not in the plan of, original plan of God, came forth. And God, being merciful, he said, okay, you made a mistake, my son, but my plan for you to be a father of nations still stands. 
Maybe we are speaking to some of you. You've been in a place you've been waiting God to deal with a situation in your life. And probably you just feel I have messed it. Because of the actions that you took, you realize that you walked out of God's will. But I've come to tell you that God has got a second chance for you. Walk back into his path and you'll realize your full potential. Praise the Lord. In chapter 17, chapter 17, verse 1, And when Abraham was 90 years old and nine, the Lord appeared to Abraham and said unto him, I am the Almighty God. Walk before me and be thou perfect, and I will make my covenant between me and thee, and will multiply, three, will multiply thee exceedingly. And Abraham fell on his face, and God talked with him, saying, As for me, behold, my covenant is with thee, and thou shalt be a father of many nations. How many? How many? The original plan was a father of? But in 17, after Abraham has messed, and is regretting his decision, God gives, me a, gives him a chance. And that is why Abraham did not talk, he just fell on his face because of the mercy of God. He realized how merciful God was, that he had realized he is a sinner, he's messed up the plan of God for his life. He did not talk, he just fell at the feet of, of God. And God started telling my son, I know you've messed, but I've forgiven you. My grace is sufficient. God is telling you his grace is sufficient. It might be years that have passed, but God's covenant with you still stands. But you need to come back and fall at his feet. Praise the Lord. Walk back into his presence and he will minister to you. And something that interests me is that the same God who had promised one nation, he now says, uh, the kind of humility this man has, the kind of sorrow he has endured because of his mistake, I'm graduating from one nation to many nations. To many? That is how wonderful our father is. He's given Abraham a second chance and multiplied the blessings. Where are you, my brother? Where are you, my sister? Are you able to wait upon God? I'm wondering, if Abraham had not messed, then what, what would he be like? If he has messed and he has come back and he has now doubled, suppose he had been faithful from the very beginning. How much would God have blessed this brother Abraham? It's a question. I've said some questions. I suspend them until the appropriate time. Praise the Lord. Until the right time. Then we will have stories to tell. 
Praise the Lord. Now we know that Sarah, a wonderful sister, a great sister, but she had also <laughs> a human side on her. Now I'm using Sarah, but it could be Abraham also. Praise the Lord. It could be a brother, it could be a sister. All of us in that fellowship we are, in that agreement we have with God that we want God to do this for us. It can come from either side. These are the enemies from within, from within your cycle. The enemies from outside are easy to deal with. Abraham would just gather his army and fight. And some of them were scared of him. Praise the Lord. Because he was a rich man and he had a lot of people around him, he could easily overwhelm an opposing force from outside. But this one from within was a challenge. So I'm speaking to us, the married people. Sometimes it's good to keep quiet. It's more blessed to keep quiet than to talk. <laughs> Praise the Lord. There are some situations, even asking a question makes them worse. Just know something is happening and something is being presented to God. Praise the Lord. And take your position and present it to God until he turns things around. Sarah, when the angels come, they are visiting them and they are talking about in this same season, a year to come, Sarah will have a child. And Sarah had at this age, I've never seen such people. In Nigeria, I don't know which, the con men, you call them by which number? F four one? Four one nine. Maybe Sarah was saying, hey, this is the four one nine version of Nigeria here. <laughs> Praise the Lord. So she did not wholly come. Please, sisters, bear with me. I love you so much. I'm using Sarah, but Sarah represents even brothers. Are you getting me? In a, a group, we are praying, we are trusting God for something, even in this church. It could be the brothers that are casting doubt over what we are trusting God to do in our midst. And I know if you want great prayer warriors, Look for these sisters. They never give up. They never give up. Sometimes you can say, I, you continue. You tell your wife, <laughs> I'll, I'll join you again. But they are there, morning, evening. So we are just using Sarah as an imagery. So that can happen. One thing I want to thank God for, the story of Abraham is well known to most of us who are Christians. We know that eventually, he was 75 when he's being promised, eventually at 99, at 99, God comes to visit him again and is telling him, now things are beginning to happen. My schedule now has arrived. Praise the Lord. 
Kenneth, do you have this kind of patience? These people, 10 years, 15 years, they are waiting until God speaks and they fit in his program. May God grant you the grace to be patient during the waiting season. If you are obedient during that time and you are patient, God will bless you. Joseph, Genesis 37, 5. Another story. Joseph. The Bible records this young man was given to dreams. 37.5, and Joseph dreamed a dream, and he told it his brethren, and they hated him yet the more. Now, this is also a lesson for us to learn. When God speaks to you something, there are things that you can share with people that are things meant for you. Don't get overexcited when God speaks to you and you go on telling everybody. Not everybody around you is as excited as you are. Not everybody around you will want to support you in that direction. So this young man gets the dream from God and excitedly goes to tell the family. He goes to tell the church. And in this church, which had some deacons, <laughs> praise the Lord, he shares his dream, and they don't like it. They don't feel it should be him. It should be one of them, not this young man, for whatever reasons. That can happen even in the church. Don't look at me surprising. <laughs> Some people who believe like God is so limited in his resources, if he has blessed Brother Nelson, then it is finished. Instead of going to God and telling Father, you are the father of Nelson, you are also my father, bless me. They are just looking at Nelson and saying, why Nelson? Why Nelson? They don't know that there are unlimited resources up there. You don't have to worry about, bless you, God. God bless you. Join me in praying for this. And you join together, and you'll be blessed. Praise the Lord. So we see this young man do that. And there's the second dream also in verse 9. And when God shows you two dreams with the same message, it means he's confirming this one is already done. Is a deal done. Praise the Lord. Joseph is about uh, 17 or so years old. But the position is being meant for now. It's not there. It's, it's there, but in the spiritual realm, there is a shift that has taken place. Physically, he has not laid his hand. And there are battles that he has got to fight in order to reach that place. The first battle is thrown in the pit. It's not a comfortable place. Then sold out 
to foreigners, he goes. And when he's in the land of Egypt, he's purchased. Now, it is not an accident. It's not an accident that uh, he was purchased by a leading person in Egypt. That is God's schedule. Praise the Lord. Every step has been programmed by God and for the purpose of attaining the ultimate goal in the life of Joseph. On Joseph's side, if he does not tune into the frequency of God, he will continue blaming God. What was the purpose for the dreams if I am in this pit? Why should I be here? If you are the God who promised, why don't you get me out of this place? When he sold, now Lord, even I was going to be the prime minister in Israel. Now you are taking me far away. Who told you when God says he's going to bless you, it must be in Kenya? He has just said, I'm going to bless you. Where and when, that is his own program. Praise the Lord. So let's know that the time of waiting, the devil will try to play around with your mind. And if he plants doubt into your mind, it begins to grow. It begins to go into your soul. It begins to go into your spirit. And something entering your spirit becomes life. It begins to negate everything. And that's the danger of listening to the voice of the devil in the time of waiting. Equip yourself with the things that edify your spirit. Because the moment you allow external enemies, the gossip, the noise, the spiritual noise to come in, they begin to distort God's plan. And soon enough you find you are derailed. Joseph goes into Potiphar's house, he becomes a blessing. That's a signal God is still with him. And this man also discovered quickly that when this man is in this house, there are many blessings. So he said, whenever I try to do something, it gets spoiled. But when Joseph comes to try, it is well. That is why in your place of work, don't continue complaining that your boss is giving you too much work. Because they have discovered when you are the one who is handling things, things are okay. So they will keep calling for you. Come, Brother George, come, do this. It is because your hands are blessed. Praise the Lord. So God is using you in that place. But as he's using you, that boss thinks he's using you, but God is also preparing you for something better. Praise the Lord. So don't complain. Because it is a mutual benefit. Joseph was in that house. He was being prepared for something great, how to manage property. He now knows how to manage the property of rich people. Because he's working in a rich man's house. If you took me from my reserve uh, and then just brought me in a, a sheikh's home, maybe he arranges the chairs like this. For me, I've never seen such chairs. I think it is a problem. So I push them in the corner to clear the floor. He will not be happy. Praise the Lord. But God knows what he's preparing for this man. is far much superior. So he must take him through steps through these circles of rich people, interacting with them, to know their manners. By the time he comes to that position, he's already set. Praise the Lord. 
Count it not a punishment for you to go through the kind of experiences you're going through in the time you're waiting upon God for something. Because in the process, God is molding you for something superior in your life. Be patient with him. Praise the Lord. And then again, God flips the coin. Because as a ruler, you must know the pains people go through. You will be sending people to prison. You don't know the, how that prison looks like. You must go there first and know how it looks like. So Joseph is taken to the prison. Praise the Lord. He, has, he, much, he graduates in the prison. And those people realize, ah, this man is wonderful. Now, even the, prison, the warden, he does not want to do work. So he says, okay, Joseph, are you there? Okay, I leave for you work. I'm sure if he was like a Kenyan warden, He would just come and give Joseph the keys and go to do his own business elsewhere. And if the mobile phone is there, he'll say, Joseph, is everything okay? But at the end of the month, he will be the first one on the queue to receive his salary. So, Joseph is a prison, and we know the whole story. God blesses him from that prison. So it, there is nothing low in your life. God will use every channel in your life to bring you to the place of promise. The, the prison, the prison became a door for Joseph to interact with the people in, in the Pharaoh's house. Praise the Lord. Maybe he had been limited to Potiphar's, but now he has got the avenue. So I want to encourage you as you wait upon God. Do not despise any experience you are going through because God has purposed that to be your portion and to prepare you for a greater blessing. David is another one. We'll quickly go over him. David is in the field and then Samuel comes with his flask of oil. He comes, he wants to anoint the new king of Israel. First Samuel 16 Verse 13, so as David stood there among his brothers, Samuel took the flask of oil and he had oil he had bought, brought and anointed David with oil. And the spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon David from that day on. Then Samuel returned to Ramah. Verse 14 is something that you must take note of. Now, that moment, now the spirit of the Lord had left Saul. And the Lord sent a tormenting spirit that filled him with a depression and fear. That's why I told you, the moment God sets his program in place, the change has taken place in the spiritual realm. Physically, Saul was sitting on the throne, but the actual, the de facto king of Israel was David, spiritually. Praise the Lord. Because as the spirit of God came upon David, in the other side, it was departing, and an evil spirit was coming there. So Saul was vacating the seat in the spiritual realm, but he was not aware. So as you start praying, already God has answered. Don't give up. Because it is already affected in the spiritual realm. It may not be noticeable to you, but in the spiritual realm, God has already started turning things around. He's just waiting for the appropriate moment. Because at that moment, if you took David and put him on the throne, it will be a disaster. There will be rebellion in the land.
but you must prepare this David. He must fight some wars. Prove that he's a leader in the army. Prove that he can lead the nation to overcome challenges. And then he's accepted among the people. In the process, you are easing out Saul, removing him, making people lose faith in him. And when David comes in, it is at the right time, and the women will begin to sing, David has chased 10,000, and Saul has chased only 1,000. Praise the Lord. Because it's the right time for David to take over. Your blessing that God has prepared for you, it might appear to tarry, but at the right time, God will release it into your life, and it will be fulfilled. Praise the Lord. So, quickly. Psalms 27, 11 to 14. Because you are in that place of waiting, the Bible says, Teach me how to live, O Lord. Lead me along the right path, for my enemies are waiting for me. Verse 12, do not let me fall into their hands, for they accuse me of things I have, have never done. With every breath, they, they threaten me with violence. Verse 13, yet I am confident. I will see the Lord's goodness while I am here in the land of the living. Verse 14, wait patiently for the Lord. Now, three things we observe here. The psalmist has got goals. The moment they set out with God, he realizes God has got a purpose for his life. He wants to teach him and he wants to lead him along the right path. But one thing he does is praying. Although these challenges are there, I have got one confidence. Praise the Lord. I will see the goodness of the Lord at the end of the day. It doesn't matter how tough it is, at the end of the day, I'll see the goodness of the Lord. I'll give you an example. It is different to watch a match live, and it's different when you are watching the match when it's being replayed. The emotions are different. True or false? If you don't know the result, you are anxious. You don't know. But if you already know the results, you know uh, at the end of the day, no matter the challenges, the result will be like this. That's what God is putting you in your heart. At the end of the day, I have blessed you. You will receive my blessing. Praise the Lord. So the psalmist learns there is an, an, an inner assurance from God that we need to rest with. He encourages himself to wait patiently. So patience is of essence at that time. Between the time David is promised to be the king, he's facing a lot of challenges. The sword of Saul is always on him. He's running away from that sword. But you see also God gave him an, a, a chance to get to the kingdom quickly. But the man said, no, according to your plan, not according to my schedule. When he cut the hem of the cloth of Saul, it was an opportunity. He would have killed Saul and people would have said, okay, David, be the king. But he said, no, it will be according to the schedule of God. Allow God to perform his purposes in your life according to his schedule. Praise the Lord, according to his schedule. So, 
what was God, what is God doing in your life during this time? One, God is teaching us the lesson of suffering. How, what it means to suffer and what it means to overcome suffering. He's also teaching us endurance. He's teaching us wisdom. He's teaching us forgiving, forgiveness. And he's teaching us how to love those who hurt us. Praise the Lord. Believe me, the troubles you are going to go through will not just be falling from heaven. They will come through human beings. Praise the Lord. But if you know these are just instruments the devil is using, it is your opportunity to know that you need to forgive. Our Father is a forgiving God. Praise the Lord. So the nature of God must be seen in you at the end of the day. Once you rise to power, you don't say, oh, now you dealt with me, you must know that I'm the one sitting on the seat. No. God did not make you to rise or to overcome your challenge in order to punish others. No. He did not do that. Habakkuk 2, 3 says, Habakkuk 2, 3. It says, For the vision is yet for an appointed time, but at the end of it, at the end it shall speak and not lie. Though it tarry, wait for it, because it will surely come, it will not tarry. Whatever God has promised in your life, no matter how long it takes, he's watching over it until it is fulfilled. Only you can refuse. Only you can run away from it. Praise the Lord. In that time of waiting, there is what we call active stillness before God. Being active in prayer, in the word, but you are also still. Not showing panic in your life. And one demonstration is in Luke 1, 11 to 15. Zechariah. Zechariah, God knew that his tongue was loose. He could easily speak negative things in the blessing that God was giving him. So when John was going to be born, he saw this man. He can easily make this vision, this promise not to come. What did he do? He tied the tongue on the roof of his mouth. The man became mute. That's why I said it is blessed to, to be quiet. In my culture, when you go to marry, you are being introduced to your in-laws to be. They tell you, you keep quiet. Somebody else will be talking. So when you leave that home, your future in-laws think that this is a very wise man. Because he's a man of few words. But they don't know that you are, <laughs> praise the Lord. It is until the, their daughter comes in your house <laughs> and he says, the man who is so quiet, not talk. Ah, la, 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 la. He talks a lot of things. So I'm saying, God wants us to be silent in some situations, praise the Lord, and only engage him in the word and in prayer. So our activity is changed, not into our own talk but God ministering to us. Psalms 25, 3-5, to 5, you will read, God expects you to demonstrate trust during that entire point. Trust in him. Allow him to lead you out of confusion. Okay, in verse 4 of 25, it says, Show me the right path, O Lord. Point out the road for me to follow. Because that's the time the devil is throwing a lot of information that can derail you from waiting upon God. 
So God, the psalmist is saying, no, let me walk in the right path. So allow God to lead you in the right path. And allow God to teach you. Praise the Lord. Psalms 37, verse 7 to 9, and then 24. What do we gather during the waiting time? Be still in the presence of the Lord. That's verse 7. Verse 8, stop being angry. Turn from your rage. Rage comes as a question of frustration. You think others are being blessed and you are not being blessed. So you start complaining to God. You start quarreling within yourself. That is not your business. The devil wants to derail you. Verse 24 of 37. Though they stumble, they will never fall. For the Lord holds them by the hand. God will always give you a second chance. If you are among us and you made a mistake, you know what God had prepared for you and you made a mistake, he will give you a second chance. But this second chance don't miss. Praise the Lord. Grab it with all your resources that you have. Psalms 40, as we come towards the end, it says, I waited patiently for the Lord to help me. Verse 2, he lifted me out of the pit of despair, out of mud and mire, and he set my feet on solid ground. Verse 3, he has given me a new song. So I like this, that in that confusion during that time, when you are about to give up, God brings melody of praise in your heart. Praise the Lord. That's why when I hear the praise and worship team, Sometimes you just feel like they should continue. Mm? They bring you to a place, eh? you feel like you are knocking the doors of heaven. Eh? So choir, continue praying and trusting God to bless us even more. We are also praying for you, but pray more. Praise the Lord that you may bless us even more. When, when that tough time comes and the music, the melody in your heart is towards God, you find yourself being lifted out of your, your pit. You are being drawn to us, God. Praise the Lord. Yeah. I think we are coming to the close of our time. We'll not take so much time. I want us to note the following things. Take note of the following things as we finish up. Take note of the following things. It's important. Psalms 27, be expectant. Be expectant during the waiting time. Don't lose your vision. That's verse 13. Psalms 27, verse 14. Psalms 27, verse 14. Wait steadfastly. Wait steadfastly. Psalms 37, verse 1. Don't worry. Trust in the Lord. Be a person who is trusting. Psalms 37, verse 7, have patience before God. Have patience before God. He who started the good work in you will bring it to accomplishment. Praise the Lord. He is not starting that good work in you to leave you in the troubled waters, but he's going to lift you out of the troubled waters. Praise the Lord. And the purpose is that it may be a testimony to many that he's a faithful God. 
Psalms 62, verse 1. Learn to have a quiet spirit in the presence of God. Learn to have a quiet spirit in the presence of God. Praise the Lord. Psalms 119, that I'll read here. Psalms 119, 74 and 81. Seventy-four says, They that fear thee will be glad when they see me, because I have hoped in thy word. Eighty-four says, How many are the days of thy servant? When will thou execute a judgment on them that persecute me? So, sorry, eighty-one, not eighty-four, eighty-one. My soul fainted for thy salvation, but I hope in the word. So in that time, of entire in, in time of waiting, you are waiting for the Lord to fulfill his purpose. And finally, before we finish, I read one verse for you to meditate upon. That is Isaiah 64, verse 4. Isaiah 64, verse 4. For since the beginning of the world, men have not heard nor perceived by the ear, neither had the eye seen, O God, besides thee, what he hath prepared for him that waiteth for him. Praise the Lord. In this other version it says, For since the world began, no ear, no ear, has heard and no eye has seen a God like you, who works for those who wait for you. Are you ready to wait for God? Are you ready to be patient and quiet in his presence until he fulfills his purpose for your life? You have an opportunity as a child of God just to know that you are serving a God who is faithful and whatever he has said cannot return to him void. Every word that comes from his mouth shall never, shall never return to him void. So as we stand up, and the pastor comes to summarize I pray that each one of you will challenge himself to be in the presence of God. Amen. Let us be on our feet. In the last 45 minutes, we have heard from the Lord. God has spoken to us today. These are the questions I want you to take home from today's message. We are talking about waiting upon God. How long is your waiting time? Do you have the patience to wait? What action have you taken that took you out of God's way? Do you listen to the voice of devil in your waiting time? Are you equipping yourself with the right word to keep you going during the waiting time? Are you active in your prayer? God is waiting for appropriate time. To surprise you. Allow him to lead you and to guide you. Brethren, Psalm 130 verse 5 says, I wait for the Lord, my soul waits, and his word I hope. I want us to pray and say, God, help me to remain faithful in the time of waiting. Begin to talk to God. Lord, help me to remain faithful. In the time that I wait for you, 
Because when you have the faithfulness at that time, when God helps you to remain faithful to him, that spirit of God will keep you going. Maybe that goodness is just for at your feet to grab it. But because of impatience, it moves away. Begin to tell God, Lord, help me to remain faithful in the place of waiting. Help me, Lord, in the mighty name of Jesus. Pray unto God that at the crossroad, when there is confusion, help me to serve you and to live and to wait for you at the crossroad in the mighty name of Jesus. Many of us, we are almost there, but because of impatience, we are not able to wait. At the crossroad, at the point of deliver, at the point of confusion, Father, help me. Talk to God that the Spirit of God should help you to wait at that crossroad in the mighty name of Jesus. Then pray to the Lord, help me to wait as long as it may take, Lord, because a thousand years is like a day in your presence. As long as it takes, Father, help me in the mighty name of Jesus. Father, in Jesus' name, we pray everlasting, Father, you continue to help us to remain faithful at the time of waiting, irrespective of of the circumstances. Father, let your Holy Spirit continue to lead us and guide us and direct us and encourage us to wait at the time of waiting in the mighty name of Jesus. We pray, Almighty God, your Spirit will dwell in us to remain faithful to you, to remain open to you, to remain focused on you at the time of waiting in the mighty name of Jesus. And we pray that your Holy Spirit will continue to live in our life so that we will wait for the result in the mighty name of Jesus. Thank you, everlasting Father. We thank you for today's service. We glorify your holy name. And for your son that you have used for all this day, we pray, Almighty God, more anointing in the mighty name of Jesus. Bless the source of wisdom, which is you in him, in the mighty name of Jesus. Let us hear more from him in Jesus' name. Bless him, bless the work of his hand, bless sister, bless the children. Give him peace, give rest of mind, so that we can hear more from him, in the mighty name of Jesus. And we pray, as many of you that are here today, the spirit of God will continue to dwell in your life, in Jesus' name. The spirit of waiting will continue to reside and abide in you, in the mighty name of Jesus. Father, we thank you, we bless your holy name. For the rest of the week, right from tomorrow morning and the evening, the programs are there, Father, the spirit of waiting. Father, grant us in the mighty name of Jesus. The spirit of patience, grant unto us in Jesus' name. We pray for the rest of the year and the month, the week, our programs, they are all in your hand. Take perfect control in Jesus' name. Thank you, everlasting Father. For those that have traveled, we pray, Lord, you shall pilot them, guide them safely back here in Jesus' name. And as many that have planned to travel, the Spirit of God will go with you in Jesus' name. You shall go safely and return with testimony in the mighty name of Jesus. As you go from here to your home, the Lord is going ahead of you in Jesus' name. Blessed be your holy name, Lord. In Jesus' name, we have prayed. Amen. Shall we share the grace together in fellowship? May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the sweet fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us now and forevermore. Amen. Surely, God's goodness and mercy shall follow us all the days of our life, and we shall dwell in the house of the Lord 
forever and ever. Amen. God bless you and do have a wonderful week.